Hello, and welcome to the Fantasy Rewind Podcast. I am your co-host, Dylan Stoll, and I'm joined as always by my friend, Michael Wifford. Hello. So today, we are going to get into Rings of Power Episode 3, titled... Adar, 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 Adar. So before we get into it, we're going to give out the reminders here. So if you want to get in contact with the show, you could send us an email, which is fantasyrewindpod at gmail.com. You could send us a DM or tag us on Instagram at fantasyrewindpod. Or you can get at us on Twitter, which is fan- at fantasyrewind. So, Mike, what were your overall thoughts about episode three here? I really liked it. Uh, I think we got a lot of really cool sort of story developments, uh, especially in terms of Alendiar. Alendil. Alendil. Elendil, um, oh, the Numenorians. Dylan, like when I, I texted you when I was watching this episode because I was like, oh my gosh, you got everything right. <laughs> Not uh, everything, I mean, I got but... something slightly right, but Dylan really nailed, nailed it out of the park. We should really do predictions for the next episode <laughs> or what we think is going to happen every single time because I feel like it's happening. Yeah. Oh, but by the way, I after watching this episode, there's a big, re- a big revelation that I've come to and I've decided on and I'm going to like put my staff in the sand, so to speak. Put your staff in the sand. Okay. Um, all right. Well, so my general thoughts about episode three here is that it's hands down my favorite of the season so far. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd agree with that. Not, not particularly close for me. I loved seeing Numenor. I thought that it was awesome to like actually get in there and see this fabled city. Um, I thought that the advancement of the plot from at least Galadriel's perspective or Galadriel's storyline as well as Arondir's storyline. I thought that those two were both very uh, satisfying as far as like how they progressed. Oh, definitely. Yeah, they were really good. Uh, they were the main focus of this episode, honestly. Oh, 100%. And I, I liked that, actually. I liked that there wasn't 30 different storylines going on. Yeah. yeah. Just having more time to sit and focus on each one there. Um, mm-hmm. I will say that I'm not the biggest fan of seeing Isiliador and Elendil in the show, just considering where they are time period wise. But with the way that this show is like compressing everything down, you know, I thought that Elendil stole the show for me as far as mm-hmm. in Numenor. I thought he was awesome. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, so I I'm not hating seeing them, even though like. I don't feel like they belong where that where we're seeing them in the timeline so far. Um, but with all that being said, let's just dive right in. Let's cover Arondir's storyline first, actually. And then yeah, we'll jump I, in back into Galadriel. So Arondir's storyline is very sad, It is, honestly. very much so. Uh, but I think it's really interesting, and it really leads me to some kind of thoughts afterwards. But uh, we, we kind of come into him being dragged through this giant mining camp yeah uh (laughs) slave camp honestly uh by these orcs or goblins and he you know he gets kind of tossed on the ground and who's he wake up to but oh his fellow elf watchmen yeah they didn't get very far (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> that was my first reaction. I'm like, oh, I remember you guys. But yeah, I thought that this part here where we see Arandir in the internment camp, basically, mm-hmm. uh, where he's being forced to continuously dig these paths, cut down trees and everything. I thought that this part was very cool in the way that we saw the orcs playing with their food, basically. Um, where the water skin scene where the one orc is like, oh, you're brave. You're, I liked that. Here, you've earned some water. Enjoy. And it's like three passing, like he takes a sip, passes the water bottle tentatively. Two, Arondir takes a sip, passes the water tentatively. And the last guy takes a sip and gets his throat slit. And I'm just like, yeah. I knew something was going to happen there. But it was like, we knew it was what, coming. Exactly what is going to happen there. Yeah. Yeah, he was because the third guy honestly did have probably the least hesitation after the first two, you know. Yeah. Oh, nothing happened to them. Yeah. But just the way that the, the orcs were like kind of playing with the elves, playing with their prisoners, um, you kind of heard like the maggot calls that they were making out there, it just threw me right back into the the part in the trilogy when Frodo and Sam are going through Mordor disguised as orcs. Um and just like the way that the elves were kind of huddling together, making a plan for escape, and then having that plan just crumble as we watched it happen there. I thought that was definitely uh, a disheartening moment for Arandir, as well as just his uh, future there. But oh, yeah. uh, it did raise some pretty interesting questions. I think you're right. Yeah, so we see like his captain, right, kind of get his, get his chain broken, and then he's running, and then he gets shot with arrows. And then you sort of see, like, it looks like there's multiple of these camps yeah. almost, yeah. right? And so I think that's where it becomes really interesting, because it's like, oh, this isn't like a rinky-dink thing. Like, they've been here. And this, this ties into Galadriel's sort of conversation with... With Halbrand? Um, no, not Halbrand. Uh, Celiador's dad. Elendil. Elendil. Yeah, it really ties into her conversation with Elendil and what she discovered in Numenor. And that it seems like the Southlands there are being turned into a very special place. Yeah, um, the Southlands are being transformed into Mordor. (laughs) Nice voice effect there. Uh, Yeah, into Mordor. And so... Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see um, kind of what happens as we're going forward. Because, I I mean, oh, oh, also, too, the warg. What did you think of the warg? I, I loved it. The I warg. thought the warg looked amazing. Again, like, so far, this show, like, say what you want about timelines and storylines and everything. But the visual effects, there's no denying how fantastic they've been. Oh, yeah. And, like, I, I loved, like... The, the warg's, like, lips, how, like, it almost had, like, a mouth inside of its mouth. Like, how it was able to, like, elongate its uh, its jaw and just, like, kind of show that yeah. part there. It, I, I definitely enjoyed the warg. I thought that was done very well. And yeah. I just also want to touch on what you said there with uh, the reveal that the Southlands are being transformed into Mordor. I absolutely love this twist that... The symbol of Sauron is actually a map showing people where to go to, like, gather. And I thought that was done very well. I thought that was a great twist. And I definitely want to give them some applause for for a job well done in that regard. 
making that connection. Yeah, definitely. Um, so let's kind of switch gears here because I think there's not much else to say. There's about, one thing to say. You know. And that is the blurry figure we see at the end of the episode oh. here. So our episode title is Adar, and Adar, Adar, we uh, Adar. are seeing whoever this Adar person is. And the elves were speculating maybe, you know, this is Sauron. You know, Sauron's gone by many names. So maybe Adar is actually Sauron. And I don't think it is. I don't think it is either. I think it's going to be a red herring. And, like, it's going to be, like, oh, my gosh, is this going to be the reveal? And then it's not. Um, so yeah. I thought that was – that is an interesting point there. If you do believe it is going to be Sauron, like, then that has more meaning. But either way, it's going to be interesting to see who this, who this like, elvish-looking person is that is in charge of these orcs. Mm-hmm. But yeah, switching gears, let's just dive into Galadriel here and talk about what's going on with her over in Numenor. Yeah, let's let's talk about that. So her and Halbrand wake up onto a Numenorian ship, as Dylan uh, kind of thought about last week. I was correct, though, in the sense that it was going to be into more conflict uh, in some sense. Yes. Um, whereas, like, initially, if you had said Numenor, I would have been like, oh, it's going to be a good thing. Like, no, actually, they <laughs> don't like elves, which is funny because they got what they got because they helped the elves. And Galadriel feels a little enti- like they almost should feel obligated to help her, right? Well, I mean, especially when you see, like, a play of Galadriel's conquests being put on by puppeteers in the streets of Numenor. Mm-hmm. Like, they should have... She feels like they should hold her in some reverence, whether it's because she's an elf or because she's the commander of the Northern Armies. Yeah. And she likes to remind um, people. <laughs> yeah, she likes to remind people. Still can't wait for... I feel like in this episode, we did get a little bit of a shift with her. We, we saw did. a different side we of did. her. And I like that. I did not like her audience with the queen regent i thought she was a petulant child in that scene yeah yeah i'm really liking her like again by the end of the episode when she's talking with halbrand in the jail like i felt like again we were seeing a bit of a different side of her even even then that conversation it seemed a little more warm and open rather than we must find this we must do this ah like even though it was that kind of conversation she still seemed to be giving it in a not quite petty way yeah, right. and it was I, a little more. I thought amicable. her conversations with Elendil were really nice. I thought that she had mm-hmm. really good interactions with him. That she actually uh, smiled when she was riding the horse. Whether you liked that yeah. smile, like slow mo scene or not, um, I thought that she at least displayed some emotion other than being pissed off, which is is good to see. Um, yeah. I, I do think that we see some growth here with her. And that's where I like want to go back to that scene with the queen because she goes in there and just acts completely entitled that you petty humans need to give me all these things I'm asking you because yeah. of all because I'm an elf, because we gave you this island. You only have this island because of us. And there are, I love the queen's response though. We didn't, weren't given anything. We earned this place with our blood out on there. And mm-hmm. to me, like, again, that just shows, like, 
the shift in perspective between how the elves might view things versus how the humans view things as well. Yeah, and we we definitely see that there has been some unrest in Numenor, right? Mm -hmm. The king was deposed, a regent was put in their place, even though the king is still alive. And um, I have some theories on that, and I think some aren't too crazy. Uh, As we saw in the trailers, I believe, it seems the regent has 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 access to a palentiar. Yes. Uh, one of the seeing stones. And I'm assuming that her father or whomever like deposed the king probably saw a vision of an elf coming and um, kind of ruining. And that would lead to the downfall of Numenor and uh, uh, was then like, okay, well, we got to stop letting elves in. And this king love or this love elf loving king needs to go away. That's sort of where uh, my head is at right now with that. Well, did you hear how the queen regent, uh, said something about like her grandfather's grandfather stopped letting elves in or or something well, there like that. There was something weird about yeah that's where I didn't quite understand because I guess with the timeline because it you know um, Alandiar said that the king was still alive in a tower and the regent had made that comment and it's like well why would the or is this is this like the king's line then I don't know you know Right, yeah. That part was a little bit confusing to me, especially because if you remember the fact that Numenorians live longer than traditional men. And so yeah. I just, I'm not positive on the timeline here of everything there. And it, it's a me little neither. hazy, but yeah, I thought that part was a little strange. Yeah. No, I saw, um, I, go ahead. I'm sorry. I just wanted to say one last thing about um, like Aceliador and his sister. Really like the sister and kind of her interactions. Obviously, Celiador has some issues with his dad and like kind of mapping out his life, so to speak. And there's more history there with Celiador and his father, like in terms of like the west end of Numenor, which I'm not quite sure on what's happening there. So I think there's some intrigue left to kind of discover about them. But I think the other biggest revelation in this episode, outside of we'll get to the um, Harfoots, but is Halbrand. Yeah, so Halbrand here, he's like, oh, a smithy. I'll uh, I'll go and, uh, and work here. Or just let me do some stuff. Let me prove myself worthy to you. Yeah. And they're like, well, you got to be a guild member to be able to, you know, smith in this, ta- in this city. And he's like, okay, I'll go steal a guild member a badge. And then, and then it can work. Yeah, he starts trying to be a little charismatic, and like he even saw some of this during like um, his and Galadriel's presentation to the Queen Regent. Oh yeah, Galadriel. He can talk. Yeah, he can talk. Galadriel goes in with the entitlement, and Halbrand goes in with yeah. the silver tongue afterwards. And so, when you see Halbrand kind of uh, start making friends with people, buying people drinks and everything. Mm-hmm. And you know he has ulterior motives to get that badge. And then when he gets confronted, he's like, you don't want to fight me. And they're like, it's like six on one. And they're like, yeah, we do, little man. Come on, bring it. And then he kicks their butts. He just kicks their butts. Yeah. Yeah. He gets like, takes out five of them while the six runs for help to the city guard and everything. And yeah, there's a lot of interesting theories that I can think of with this end one I thought for a split second, I was like, wait, and I know this is where you're getting at. Um, is Halbrand actually Sauron? Sauron. And, uh, 
And so, and then we, oh, you're the king in the south. Yeah. Well, that doesn't give him mystical like f- punching people through their like that kind of fighting skill. Like that kind of seemed almost not human, you know. So I will say, like, he didn't really do anything too crazy. I don't think, at least, like, he didn't punch a hole through anyone, did he? No, 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 not that. But like the force of his blows and everything else, it just seemed almost just a little too a little too super little too powerful okay. you know what i'm saying okay maybe i wasn't paying close enough attention to that particular part then i don't know that's like, kind of what i felt yeah i had the I, one, so I had the one thought. guy against like six six burly guys who sit there and like work with iron all day yeah and yeah some of his strikes and stuff were like very pointed at you know like the jugular and breaking you could tell he and, had training as yeah. far as like military experience and everything goes um, I also want to just, like, say, like, I did feel like he, I thought for a second that, oh, crap, maybe this guy is Sauron. And, like, the more I watched it, though, like, the less I thought of that because of just, like, um, to me, while he had, like, some of that charisma you might expect from Sauron, while he was, like, looking at the smithy, which, if you know anything about Sauron, Sauron's a maker, like, he wants to, like, he likes smiths, basically. Like, he forges the ring of power, of course. But, like, so it's, like, kind of throwing you in that direction. But I just, I don't know. I don't feel like they're going to have Halbrand, um, if that's even his real name, be the uh, be the big bad reveal of Sauron. Yeah, that's fair. I don't know. Like you said, though, I I do feel like it's going to be like a red herring. They definitely had breadcrumbs going in that way. And I like this because it's like, who is Sauron? Sauron's gone by by many names. Like, what character is Sauron going to be? And I like the fact that if they do it this way, at least, which it's shaping up to look like they are, they're going to have a character that's going to be introduced as somebody else be revealed to be Sauron, which... I think that's a great way to do it. I think it's so interesting. And the more we've talked about it too and thinking about it, it wouldn't make much sense for this character to be Sauron if like he was on that boat. Right. You know, what what are you doing out there instead of like either with your, you know, minions or trying to cause cause discourse within Middle Earth somewhere in a position where you could do that. Right. And like as like cunning as Sauron is, placing himself as a drifting captive yeah. or not captive but like a drifting um person out in the middle of nowhere sea that that's, that's gonna like that point happenstancely yeah. uh mm. you know or like by happenstance uh catch galadriel and then yeah get to numenor there's like, no way you could have planned that. yeah 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 i just think it's a little too complicated of a scheme to come to fruition if that actually is going yeah. to be sauron now, I do have some thoughts, some additional thoughts I wanted to kind of run by you. Yeah, yeah. What if they're setting up Halbrand to be one of the Seven Kings? I would not be surprised by that because of what he said with, like, his ancestry, like, being the king that united all of the Southlands. Like, if Halbrand becomes a ringwraith, and you mean one of the nine kings of men... Um, then, then I would not be surprised by that if so, if uh, Halbrand becomes one of the nine ringwraiths, but yeah, or me neither. At least like becomes 
the Witch King. Sheds the name Halbrand and goes by a different name and then is revealed to be one of the kings of men that does become a wraith. But, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. I, I mean, uh, I guess the last part we need to discuss is the Harfoots. And while I don't think, uh, again, you called this like, you know, she went and took the star chart, Ari, right? Yeah. Uh, oh my gosh. So it's an N. Oh, Nori. Nori, Nori yeah, not Nori. Not, there you go. Arya Stark. Right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Nori, yeah, Nori does steal the star chart, or, well, at least a page to show to the gentleman uh, to Meteor Man. He gets all excited. And this, Dylan, this is where I'm taking my staff and putting it in the sand. He is Gandalf. I believe it. I believe it. I, I was thinking about uh... this last night, going to bed, couldn't fall asleep, you know? So I edited a podcast. Um, But I was like, you know what? They're really setting this up nicely. They're giving us the reasons why he loves hobbits so much. Yep. His time with the Harfoots. Yeah. So I... I mean, I've come to the conclusion as well after watching episode three, same as you, this Mm -hmm. is Gandalf. Um, And I... I really do feel like you, what you just said is right on the money. He's going to like be like raised almost by the Harfoots and have an affinity for Hobbit-like mm-hmm. creatures. And when the Harfoots, you know, grow up to be big old Hobbits, <laughs> then uh, he'll be having that same affection for them. And that's also too why he would like Bilbo yeah, and Bilbo Frodo, and Frodo so much. And- they remind like him of like Nori. Seeing almost that aspects of Nori in them. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It just like makes way too of, much sense. Yeah. That's that's what I'm saying. So Ugh. I'm calling it now. Um, I think you're right. Either that or ends up being a Belrog, but <laughs> <laughs> there's no in between. Gandalf or Belrog. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's always an opportunity, like you said, that he becomes another, uh, either a new wizard, but I, I kind of don't think they're going to do that. He's going to be Gandalf. I, yeah, because I they want to make connections yeah. to characters people know, and which, which again, that's fine because that's how you're going to keep us retained, and uh, you know, creating a whole bunch of new characters that the general population does not know isn't going to help your show. Right, naming this wizard Gandalf because he's a wizard, 100. percent Naming him Gandalf oh, yeah. though is just bringing in. Again, that nostalgia for what everyone knows, for Lord of the Rings, for the Peter Jackson trilogy, for The Hobbit. You know, it's a it's a known commodity. People love Gandalf. So again, they're gonna give you Gandalf. <laughs> I don't Yeah. I don't have any doubts in my mind at all that that's exactly who this is now. Now I do uh, one other thing I want to bring up about the Harfoots, and this is pretty much the last thing before I want I would want to get in predictions and anything you want to discuss too on the episode I thought it was interesting that the Harfoots are like you know nomadic and like they you know kind of are very seems like loving people and you know whimsy as you said but like hey you can't keep up we leave you behind yeah the book of the fallen the book of those who fell behind Mm. I'm like dude he just the only reason he broke his foot is because he was trying to help you guys out after this woman yelled at him to do it. And you're not going to just, like, I don't know, put him on a cart by himself and have people, like, carry him? Like, For real. you're only looking after, like, your little pod? How? That, how to me, didn't make any sense at all. 
because of everything we've seen so far. It's all been about community. No one leaves the path. No one wanders alone or something like that. Whatever they were chanting a million times there. Like having it just be like, oh, you can't keep up. Bye, Felicia. Like that is not what I would expect from this like community of creatures here. And just with, like you said, with basically Cedric's, because like he's Cedric um, Burroughs, or I think his name is, the like Hobbit or Harfoot leader, having like his wife or somebody like tell this guy to go set up this tent, and then he breaks his foot doing it. Yeah. Like, oh, sorry, goodbye. You are the weakest yeah, link. Was, goodbye. It's like no. Yeah, I was just like kind of like taken back by that. I was like, that's stupid. Agreed. Agreed. You know. And it, oh, and her friend doesn't seem to have parents. Nope. I think so that was kind of. If you've noticed in like the, the book of those left behind, her parents yeah. were, well, her whole family seemed to be left behind, like dead in some kind of tragedy there. And so it was almost like Nori's family took her in and like adopted her in a way. Uh, so the last piece I want to talk about before we get on out of here and into predictions is actually just like, what are your thoughts on the description and portrayal of Aceliador so far? Because Elendil described him as running blind and like, you know, not really, you know, thinking things through and just like his portrayal as like someone who has these daddy issues and and everything. Um, what are your thoughts on Aceliador so far? I could I could get behind that, right? I mean, we think about what he ends up doing and how he ends up just, like, coveting the ring, and that would make sense. See, my you know? my only issue with this is that, like... Plus, he's young. He's very There's young. There's tons of room for the grow. Very true. So I'm not, I'm not burying them for the portrayal of Celidor, uh because, like you said, he's so young. But the issue I want to bring up that I have is because we know Celidor's fate, that he takes the ring as as his own, like, I don't want them to say this character is inherently, you know, dumb. This character is inherently flawed. And, like, he does have his flaws, but I think a lot of it is the corruption and the power of the ring itself as well. And so yeah. I feel like by making Isiliador weak and, you know, like, blind, like, that... It's kind of diminishing the impact that the ring has on the corruption of its bearer. Well, I think it's just meaning he's susceptible to it. Because you look That's at his true. dad yeah. Yeah. and kind of his, who he is as a character, and you're like, he would never. No, no. He would never let the ring sway him. But you have this boy who's kind of impressionable and like has his head in the clouds a little bit and has these kind of dreams of grander things. And. You know, that's not inherently a bad quality, but the ring could definitely kind of worm its way into somebody who who has their head in the clouds. Yeah, totally agree with that. not duty first. No. Um, but yeah, so I think that was pretty good for our description of episode three here. Yes. Let's get Can into... Can I just get my... Oh yeah, go just, for it. Go. I just got a couple little predictions. I was going to say, let's about. just go One. into some predictions here. You can go first. Yeah. Next episode, we're going to see more of a focus on Elrond and um, sort of the cause of doom 
side of things. And I think we'll get more of the Harfoot as well. We may get a little bit of Numenor and um, one of the other, uh, whatever the other one is. Oh, sorry. Yeah, the internment camps. But I think we're going to really be kind of over onto the Casa Doom side of things since we didn't see them at all in this episode. Not a big prediction, but <laughs> let me keep going here. Okay. All right. So, one, we will get a reveal with that, um, you know, Galadriel was foretold through the pa- Palantir and it's going to get shared with Galadriel herself. And they're going to do this as kind of a last ditch effort to kind of prevent whatever she's supposed to bring. And she is going to choose her pride over the quote unquote fate of Numenor. Um, in terms of like her war with Sauron, because it's going to be like, you know, you can by leaving and not, you know, swaying the men or the king of Numenor to help you like you can prevent the fall of Numenor and try. They're going to try to, you know, um, hmm. sway her to their kind of thinking. And I don't think that's going to work out. And um, my last one here is that this is where the wolves kind of show up um, and attack Uh and we get to see more of the wizard's power, if you will. Meteor man's power. Gandalf's power. Greybeard's power. Gandalf's power, yeah. Yeah, Mith- right, any Mithrandir predictions for you, to the rescue. I don't have anything too crazy. I'm not going too far out, but... No, so my my prediction for next episode is that Arondir will escape. Mm. And um, either... How do you think he's going to do that? Well, that's what I was going to say. Either escape or be let go. As, like, a prophet of what's to come. Basically, mm. basically the orcs flexing on the elves, being like, "Can't stop us," and uh, so interesting. I feel like that's gonna happen, or um, that might happen there. Uh, the other part I'm kind of predicting here is we are, of course, I agree with you. We're gonna get more dwarf, more Elrond, more Kazadum adventures here, and the the dwarves are going to agree to help build this forge. Um, I also feel like some of the other things that you said are going to happen. Like, I think that Galadriel is 100% going to choose her vendetta over the fate of Numenor, which, again, is what Gil-Galad was talking with Elrond about. Like, not sure, like, how, which direction uh, Galadriel was going to play in the role of things to come. Um, I think that the one of the bigger things that we'll start to see as well is going to be more from the village that left with like Bromwyn and stuff. Oh yeah. Where maybe that's, they should play into the whole escape or whatever or something. They should play into something. They're running. So I'm not sure which direction they're running to. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, I'm not sure exactly where geographically they are. Um, but what I was going to say about this is that, I feel like we're going to see more of the corruption of the Morgul blade with either um, the sun there or with the person that was cut. And that's going to influence just the way that these, uh, these men act towards the idea of rescuing Arondir. Cause I, I know like what'll happen is that Bromwyn uh, is going to, find out somehow that Arondir was captured and that she is going to want to like re- lead a rescue party to like go and get him and the other villagers out and I I think it's going to take some doing but I don't think it'll happen I think she's going to have to 
probably go with herself and maybe a small group of people. But, yeah, those are my bigger predictions. I feel like a lot of what you said will happen. Next episode, I completely agree about Galadriel. I completely agree about more dwarves and Elrond, and I completely agree about Gandalf, because I'm calling him Gandalf now, protecting the the Harfoots from the wolves that we've that we've seen there. Um, one thing that I am noticing as well, just like throughout all the storylines we have so far, is that we aren't really focusing in too much on um some of the other culture cultural pieces that we saw. Like we saw Gil Galad for a hot second in episode one in Linden. We saw Celebrimbor or Celebrimbor a little bit in episode one and two there. Um, so I'm wondering if we'll get more of those characters and how much more involved they'll be throughout the rest of the mm. season or if they'll kind of be more of like that background role of, oh, here's this important figure, but they're not integral to the story we're telling right now. That'll be interesting to see. And um, one more thing I'm going to say is I I think by the end of episode four, Galadriel will be able to leave Numenor. Mm. Oh, yeah, obviously. I You know, well, maybe. We'll see. I don't know. I feel like that'd be such a waste. It's such a cool place. But you're right. In order to progress the plot, she's going to have to leave. Yeah, yeah. So maybe Isildur takes her. <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps. I mean, at this point, anything is on the table. Um I do feel like Elendil will be getting more time, though, as well, which is good. Mm. All right. Well, without farther ado, this is going to end our episode here for episode three of Rings of Power. So this is going to be two nerds signing off. See ya. See ya.